Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Patrick McKiernan, 20 years of combination fire experience, currently an engineer for Lexington County Fire Services on Engine 19. Patrick has a simple yet effective message he wants others to know, and it's simply, if you feel like you're not getting the type or kind of training you want, get outside your department and go attend the many micro-conferences out there. With that, I present Mr. Patrick McKiernan. All right. Um, my name is Patrick McKiernan, Pat McKiernan. Um, I got into the fire service kind of early in life. My dad, uh, when I was born, he was actually the chief of the volunteer firehouse where I started at. Um, he's been in since 1978. So I literally grew up in the firehouse, um, picnics, barbecues, stuff like that, hanging out, helping clean trucks for parades. So I was down there all the time. Um, when I was 14, uh, I joined our local explorer post just because that was the, the youngest you could be. Uh, did that for a couple of years. Um, and I joined the firehouse when I was 16 um, and wrote it out in the volunteers, uh, a couple of departments. I moved around our county a little bit. But yeah, so just hanging out with my dad at the firehouse all the time. It's, everybody wants to everybody wants to be a farmer when their dad's a farmer and hanging out at the firehouse. So. True. That's true. Um, I actually got kind of kind of lucky too. My dad did two stints as chief. So when I was born, he was the chief of the department, and then when I turned sixteen, he was on his second go round, and uh, I actually got voted into the firehouse when he was chief, also. So awesome. All right. Uh, is your dad still doing it, or yeah? He... So he um he did twenty five years FDNY. I uh, retired as a battalion chief. Um, I mean, being able to. You know, pre nine eleven, with all the security concerns, um, it was great because I would go to work with my dad. Be like, "Hey, man, can I come to work with you? Can I come to work with you?" All the time, and a few times he would let me. You know, down in the South Bronx, uh, seventy five and thirty three, coming down under the L train, sitting in the middle of the cab with these like L pillars flying by you. They were super busy too. I mean, one time I went to work with him, and read twenty six runs in twenty four hours. A couple first new boxes. I'm a, you know, a 12 13 14 year old kid helping the chauffeur hook up to a hydrant in the south bronx like most people are never going to get that experience yeah i remember uh i was like seven years old we were down there for the each firehouse in fdny does a christmas party and um i was like seven years old he was actually working that day they caught a car fire in a vacant lot i'm a seven-year-old kid in a vacant lot in the bronx with a booster line putting out a car fire so it's, I mean, you know, you get those core memories that there's nothing else you want to do in life. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, but, that's um, crazy. Yeah. To answer your question. So yeah, he's still active. Uh, after he retired, he's still super active with the volunteers. Um, you being from Rockland County, he, uh, he's one of the coordinators now. So in the County I'm from in New York, they have nine or 12 fire coordinators. Um, they're usually ex chiefs, senior guys, real, you know, knowledgeable guys. Um, they'll respond to any incident where there's mutual aid and uh, maybe sometimes a downstream safety, a uh, second set of eyes for the chief, or if they have to, you know, do the manpower and get hands on, they will do that. But yeah, he's still super active in the volunteer fire service. Okay. Um, with your dad being a part of what I 
call self-proclaimed the greatest fire department in the world. Uh, have you ever, did you ever try for FDNY? Yeah, I tried. I tried. Um, so before, uh, so my first job, my first real job, I got on EMS, um, not on the city, but I was working as a paramedic for private service. Um, I loved the job uh, as much as some people don't enjoy EMS. I kind of liked it. Um, I did, you know, went back and forth trying to get on FDNY EMS, debating if that's really wanted to do and stick it out. But um, I did take the FDNY test uh, three or four times. So they only give their test every four years. Mm-hmm. You have to be 17 and a half to take the test. And you can't take it if you're older than 29 and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So depending on your age and when they're giving the tests depends on how many times you're going to actually take the test before you age out so of the tests i took i know two of them got thrown out um and the one of them i was I, and you got to remember fdny 50,000 people 60,000 people take that test right so i uh i got like a 99.7 something on the test and i was like list number 7,000 so they uh they made it to like 6,500 that year before the list expired. That was the last one I was eligible to take. So, um, yeah, it never, never really panned out for me, unfortunately. But I do have two younger brothers who are on EMS right now, and they're trying to get the, the EMS route. So hoping the best for those two. So how does that work? So, like, if you go to FDNY EMS and you really want to get to the fire side, what do you just kind of buy your time, so- do your time, and then – so it's 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 they're under the same umbrella as mm-hmm. like FDNY, but they're really two separate entities completely. Right. Um, the reason guys go on EMS is because if me or you went to go take the FDNY test right now, we're going against 50, 60, 80, 100,000 people. Right. EMS is a promotional exam. So you promote from EMS to fire. So you're only going against however many people from EMS are taking the test that year or that mm-hmm. that time. So once you do, I believe it's, two years i think they're trying to up it to four but if you do two years on ems you're eligible to take the promotional exam so you're going against a much smaller pool of candidates to get hired onto the city right but i know there's rumblings about them wanting to get rid of it because they're losing more people than they're hiring than they're keeping shocking i wonder why yeah i know i know we actually (laughs) just we just we just brought on a guy here in lexington he did six years in FDNY EMS and he's like, I'm out, I'm out. He came down here. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um no, that's man, that's just that's just uh, amazing to me. You said you scored a 99.7 and was like yep. seven thousand on the list. Man, that is so wild. the way the way that civil service law works is you can technically get 120 on the FDNY test because if you live in the city you get residency points. If you're a veteran, you get veterans credit. If you graduated from a city high school, you get credit. And if you had a mother, father, brother, or sister die in the line of duty, you get points. So technically, I believe when I took it, the highest you could score was 120. So yeah, I may have had a 99, but there were guys out there with you know 110, 120 on the test. So wild. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Um all right. Anywho, so you are a engineer uh, at Station 19 on the engine. Um, Correct. So what would you say the culture is like within your firehouse, within your four walls? So uh, we we run a three-man engine. So we have a, you know three, three guys per shift, three shifts. Um, 
when I first got the station, the station I'm at now, station 19, um, it was kind of like a, a bare bones station, you know, nothing really on the walls, just, but, um, we kind of, we're, we're definitely changing that around, right? So we, we started just making the station more, uh, a house, more firehouse pride stuff, hanging up fire, uh, fire stuff. Uh, one of the guys did a huge four by four cut out of the station logo and painted it and hung it on the wall. So within the station itself, we have a lot of pride for our truck. Um, and our and our station you know we're, we're one of the busier stations running a lot of calls so we have a, a good core group of guys at that station awesome okay um you run three all the time yep on the uh on our engine yeah we're, th okay. we're a three-man engine i'm assuming that's the minimum too then so there are uh, a few stations left in the county that still run two-man engines um okay. As a whole, our department is pretty young. Um, 1974 is when the department, um, they took all the smaller volunteer departments and, and kind of made the Lexington County Fire Service. Um, but it wasn't until the early 2000s where they, they went to a full-time 24-hour fire department. Um, it used to be a Monday to Friday daytime and then volunteers at night. So uh, even since I came down in 2019, they have added uh probably six or seven captain stations so run upstaffing those two-man trucks to a minimum of three-man trucks um like i said there are a few on the outskirts the outliers are still still two-man engines but uh, for the most part i think we're over over 50 well over 50 percent now are minimum three if not four okay all right um so uh, you being an engineer, I'm assuming you have a captain and then you have uh, a firefighter in the back. Correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, to me, the the captain kind of sets the tone on on how the day is going to go. The captain sets the tone with the crew's um, morale and things. So um, how is your captain towards towards the rest of you guys like meshing together? It's good. Uh, you know, me, me and my captain get along great. Um you know, when he comes in the morning, he'll ask, you know, what do we want to train on today? He'll ask me, he'll ask the fireman, hey, you know, what do you want to do? You want to go throw ladders? You want to pull lines? You want to do area familiarization, flow hydrants, whatever it is. So he's really open to whatever we want to do for training. Um, obviously, if there's something that needs to get done, it's something that needs to get done. But uh, he, he really leaves it up to us in terms of of what we want to do for the day in terms of training wise. Um, a pretty cohesive crew. We all get along real well. It's pretty pretty solid group we got going on. Okay. All right. Uh, what would just what would you say keeps you uh, personally invested to stay positive and loving this job? Um. So, like I said earlier, I worked I worked as a paramedic. Um, went to dispatch for, for five years because uh, it was a state pension, and I thought I could ride it out, but I just didn't like being stuck inside. Um, and I got, I got hired on the fire department at 32, which was kind of late in life for, mm -hmm. for being into the fire service. Um, so just being able to have that opportunity to have been hired as a career fireman, which is all I've wanted to do my entire life. Uh, that, that's honestly what keeps me, keeps me going is just being able to have that opportunity. Um, I also work a lot with our training division with, uh, both the recruits, uh, engineers, classes and stuff like that so being able to have an impact on the recruits and seeing the quality product that we put out from the training division um keeps me keeps me invested in that you know really being able to help out with all that 
Right. So. Right. And you have a unique or you have a unique perspective because you have done dispatch, rode the box, aka EMS, and are on the fire department. So and, and I know you stated before, you know, um you actually don't mind medical calls where, you know, through social media, a lot of guys hate or, you know, they hate running medical calls or they hate being assigned on the box. Why is that something that, why do you feel like that's something that you don't have any issues with? Um, it's a good question. Uh, so before I could join the firehouse, um, the minimum age to join the firehouse was 16, but mm-hmm. to ride on the volunteer ambulance corps as one of their trainees was 14 or 15. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Let me do this. Still kind of, you know, emergency. It's still emergency services. It'll buy me a year, give me something to do for a year. And I actually liked it. I, I did enjoy being being on the ambulance when I was when I was younger. So then once I graduated high school, figured out what I needed to do for college. Um, Rockham Community College, the county where I grew up, they offered a EMT program as a college course. So you would get college credit, go to school, whatever. So I did that. And then progressing from that was their paramedic program. So I said, if I'm going to get my associate's degree, I might as well get something that's going to give me a job. And uh, went to paramedic school, got out, got hired as a paramedic right away doing 911. I did that for 14 years full time. I I thoroughly enjoyed helping people uh, on the ambulance side, you know, and where I worked, it was pretty cool because we didn't have to ride the box. We were in a Tahoe. Mm -hmm. Or uh, mm-hmm. suburbans, mm-hmm. so we mm-hmm. only wrote in ALS calls. We were only riding in legitimate stuff. So, not to say we didn't have to deal with the nonsense, because we were still dispatched to it. But if we were going to the hospital, we were it was we were working. We were doing something on it. Um, the other thing is, and it's just the reality of every fire service across the country: seventy percent, eighty percent are your calls and medical calls. So, while I agree, fire training, you know, that's our core job is is as a, as a fire department is firefighting, you still got to be ready for that 70%, the bulk of our calls are medical calls. So if you're mm-hmm. going to do it, be good at it. You know, um, I'm actually got, there's a few of us in our department that are paramedics, um, state of South Carolina to teach EMTs. You need to be a paramedic. So I got tagged a couple months ago to teach EMT for our department. So Okay. I taught the last recruit class. I'm actually teaching the current recruit class EMT. Um, and I'm teaching next month. I start with uh, like our incumbent guys, guys that want to upgrade from EMR or nothing to to the EMT level. So right. I, um, like I said, it's it's just, it's good to, ha- uh, to, to ha- help doing something you're good at, right? Like, and I was yeah. always good at EMS too, so. Yeah. Okay. No, it's good. I mean, like I said, you know, you don't hear many guys like actually admit, you know, yeah, I don't mind medical calls. Like I like it. I mean, cause like you said, it, it's a job that you're, we're called to do a service. Right. Why not be good? I mean, like I wouldn't want to call emergency or I, I wouldn't want to call 911 for whatever issue I have and then have the fire department show up and have like a shitty EMT work on me. You know what I mean? Like exactly, exactly, <laughs> I want somebody exactly. you know, like- that's competent. Like, you know, everybody needs to be good at firefighting. It's great. But the other 70% of the job, the big 70% of the job, you got to be good at that too, man. You got to be real well-rounded at the job. And yeah. I mean, yeah, there's some departments that don't do medical calls and by all means, great on you. But for those that do, for those of us that do, it's might as well be good at it. Right. Right. No, I, I 
wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Okay. Um, uh, whether short-term or long-term, what are your ultimate goals? Um, so short-term is just to, to be the best at where I am right now. Right. So being an engineer, um, being one of the, the fill in, fill in captains here, I, I want to be the best I can at the job I do right now. Right. So whether it's, um, being that being that engineer who's super aggressive, help pull lines, throw ladders, uh, help force door, whatever you got to do, or you know, in that in that filling captain role to do whatever the guys need, training, you know, all that, just to be the best I can right now in the position that I'm in, right? Um, long term goals, uh, I I really do enjoy helping out uh, in the training division, um, so maybe something along those lines one day. Um, I like helping the, uh, the training division out with the current recruits and the incumbent training. And just, like I said, make, putting a good product out on the streets and knowing that that recruit class and when you hear the guys talking about, Hey, Hey, this guy's a solid dude. Like you helped, you helped with that, with that training. Um, yeah, that's, that's the short and long-term goals for right now. We'll see, see where it takes me. Okay. All right. And with you being an engineer, uh, if there are any other engineers out there listening, your job is more than just uh road to pump gear, pulling levers, right? Like the, yeah, the, so, the engineer's job has become, I don't want to say more complex, but it's more than just standing at the pump panel. Right. And I, I tell, you know, when I help teach the, uh, the engineer guys, I, I say you have, and this is the way I look at it. You got engineers and you got chauffeurs, right? So engineers is that promoted position. Um, whether whether you're gonna go above and beyond, that's on you. But engineers that seat, right? You you did the minimum qualifications, you took the classes, you fill, you finished out your packet, you got promoted to engineer. That's great. There are some engineers that that want to ride the pump panel, do the you know just and again you know you're getting the guys water, you're, you're doing what you need to do, you're getting the job done. That's fine. Um, and then I look at the chauffeurs, right? So chauffeurs, I, I look at as they're the guys get their trucks and pump gear, um, getting water out, helping that first line get in place. They're stretching that second line. They're stretching that third line. They're hand jacking to the hydrant. They're not waiting for help. They're getting ladders tossed out. Um, that's the way I, I personally look at it, right? So you got the engineers versus the chauffeurs. Chauffeurs are the ones that go more above and beyond it and hands-on aggressive, aggressive drivers on the rig. Um, and again, you know, there there are some guys that that will ride the pump panel, and and if that's what they want to do, then more on them. But I don't I don't like I don't like standing around. I need something to do with my hands. So, right. Right. you know, uh, whether again whether it's hand jacking that hydrant, getting that second line, getting the rit equipment set up, so when the you know when your rit engine gets there, your rit truck gets there, their stuff's already out laid out in the front lawn. Um, having that second new line in place. So when that second new engine gets there, they can just take that right in, just making it easier for everybody. Right. And definitely, I think, especially with, with you riding three, I think if you do have an engineer that just sits at the pump panel with a crew of three, like you're doing your crew a disservice. Like, yes, make sure whatever line gets stretched out, flaked, charged, but there's so much more, as you stated, that you can do on the fire mm -hmm. ground you can stretch help stretch a second line by yourself put it at 
uh, you know, Division Bravo for the next in company or whatnot. So I, I just always like hearing um, everybody's takes on, especially when you when you're uh, assigned a different um, title other than firefighter. Right, and, and you know, like you touched on being that three man engine, we pull out to a work of fire. Captain's cutting his three sixty. I've stretched a handline by myself. Can it, can can anybody stretch a handline on their own? Absolutely. Any everybody that's on a fire truck should be able to stretch a handline on their own. Is it optimal? Is it some kind of a pain in the ass to stretch that handline by yourself? It can be. So you know, being being that engineer, like helping that helping the firefighter get that handline in place, stretch around a car. Um, we had a fire last year where the uh, we had to pull around the rear, so we had to pull our three hundred line. It's a pain in the ass trying to put a three hundred line in service with one guy. Just past cars through fences around gates so yeah helping helping get that even just that first line in place mm -hmm. is, is going to make the make the whole fire go smoother no absolutely absolutely right uh in your opinion what key elements or factors are needed to make a good firefighter regardless of rank so there's a video that went around right after 9-11 uh, called Still Riding, where they followed Rescue One, Rescue Two around. Yeah, yeah. Post that 9-11. There was uh, this one guy, Bob Gallione, who had this quote in there. And every once in a while, it'll surface up on Facebook or Instagram again. Uh, I actually wrote it down here. He said, uh, says, one thing all firefighters have in common is heart and balls, everything else we can teach you. And that, that I think, is, is kind of two of the big elements, right? If you have heart and you care about the job and you care about what you're doing, and every day you come in, you want to learn something or be better than the day before. You could be the dumbest person in the world. We can work with that. We can we can make you a, a good fireman if you care. And and balls, right? You can't be afraid. Mm -hmm. Everybody, I mean, everybody's it's a dangerous job. Everybody knows that, right? Um, but you can't you can't be scared to, and that works on on both aspects, right? You can't be afraid to fail. You can't be afraid to learn something new. You can't be afraid to try something new. And, and you can't be afraid to do the job that we're doing. Um, so, like I said, having that heart and motivation, dedication is is paramount in the fire service. Um, I'm sure you've seen it in your department. People are seeing it all over the, the country with that with that new generation coming into the fire service that were kind of spoon fed everything and coddled as kids and you know feelings and such. But this is a, a rough, aggressive job. Um, a lot of the times you gotta, you gotta check your feelings at the door. So being able to get past that, um, you know, you, in the fire service, you don't have a guy next to you on the hand line when you got fire rolling over your head, telling you that it's going to be all right. Like you got to get in there and get it done. Right. Um, so yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, I, you stated it before, you know, with this new generation coming in, uh, one thing I would like to see departments do, like be genuine, be upfront with these recruits. Don't just feed them a dream. You know, like you see these little catchy phrases or, you know, some of these departments are doing these little videos. You know, they use the word like hero. I, I personally don't like hearing that shit. I am not a hero. I, I willingly signed up to do a job that has a slightly higher chance of injury or death. Mm -hmm. And all I want to do is be good at it. And what I'm trying to drive home is the only way to get good at this job 
is to actually put in the work, you know, right. We have too many people that feel like they're, Oh, well I scored the highest on this written test and I deserve this. Okay. That's great that you can take, you can study some questions and score high enough to, I mean, you know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to take away from oh, yeah. that, but you could, you I could be think... the best, the best book take tester in the world. Right. But when it comes to, to putting a hand on a halogen, you don't know your ass from your elbow. Right. And, that that's uh, yeah, I, I agree with you 100. percent You could score 100 on the test, but you go out and, and try to force a door, and you look like a monkey fucking a football. What are you doing? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, and I I feel like hopefully that what I what I want the newer generation to understand is you have to put in the work to be good at the job. This job is a lot of hands-on skills, a lot of hand-eye coordination, watching, reading signs. You know, so. uh yeah, the only way to get better at it is you have to like I call it sweat equity. When I go into work, mm -hmm. I want to whatever I get done doing, I want to be drenched head to toe in sweat because that is the reward for me for putting in my you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, absolutely it's my yeah. way of paying back to the fire service. It's I'm out here grinding, getting sweaty because I'm trying to be trying to get good at this job. Mm -hmm. And kind of to touch on that, like there's a lot, there's, I mean, there's so much good information out on the internet these days. I mean, whether it be YouTube or, I mean, I got a couple Google drives that were shared with me with, when I say thousands of books, files, department SOPs, training aids, stuff like that, that's all excellent information. And, you know, I'll, if I got nothing going on, I'll sit and read that. But if you can't take that information from the, the written word text, and apply it on the fire ground to either stretching a line, getting a line in place, forcing a door, throwing a ladder. It, it's it's a hands-on job. You know, it, you need to be hands-on with all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, it, it shows like whenever you have an instructor come teach you a PowerPoint class that's like a hundred slides, you're probably going to lose half the classroom because they're like, right. okay, I want to go out and put my hands on it. You know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. it just shows. And that's, that's why I feel bad man, now, man. I'm teaching that EMT class <laughs> right now. And it's, it's like seven, eight hours a day of just PowerPoints with these guys. And like it, you know, you know, I don't know if you've taken EMT before there's, there's, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to keep a lot of those slides interesting. It, yeah. it really is like, it's yeah. hard, especially when you're going for seven hours. Cause we condense our EMT class into five weeks. So you're going, wow, that's a lot of information in five weeks. 200 hours in five weeks. So it's Monday yeah. to Friday, eight to eight to or seven 30 to four 30. It is, it's just, it's, and like I said, I mean, I feel bad because I could see sometimes I'm starting to lose them. I'm like, all right, take a break. Get up, take a break. Around. Yep. Break time. Yeah. Cause uh, it's, there's just, there's just no way to it's, and with any PowerPoint, it's not just EMS, it's EMS fire, whatever you're teaching. You can't, you, you can only hold attention for so long sitting right. in a chair. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. Absolutely right. You know, our, our attention span most of the time is like, all right, yeah, this is cool. All right. I need a break. I, I need to get out of here. So I, I totally right. get it. I totally get yep. it. Um, what would you say to a hungry, eager, motivated firefighter who feels like he is surrounded by a non-existent or complacent culture? So I thought about that one for a little bit. Um, the best thing you could do is, is to, to be the change you want to see. Start small, right? Um, especially if it's a it's a department that's kind of set in their ways with the, you know, we've always done it and it's worked out fine. I don't know why we got to change it. You're always going to have new guys coming in. You're always going to have 
younger, aggressive guys that want to see the job change and, and want to see things done better. So start in that small group, right? Start in that small group and kind of build outwards from that. So if you can get five guys on board with what you're thinking, right? And those five guys go out and get five more guys on and so on and so forth. Just kind of kind of build from from the inside out and, and it'll spread further and further. Um, the other thing you need to do is if, if you're trying to make these changes, you got to come with rationale, not not just, hey, uh, we want to change to the Minuteman. Well, why? Well, these wow. guys, these guys run it and, it and it works and it works good. All right. Well, will it work for us? Mm-hmm. Like, there's departments that swear by the triple fold, swear by it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure in, you know, like Florida where they, you know, they run the triple fold a lot down in Florida where you pull up and you got a gate and a straight walkway up to the front door and no obstructions. I'm sure that is an excellent load for those departments. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work everywhere. So if you can come with, with whether it be, I don't, I don't want to say studies, but information, come with information say, Hey, you know, we were playing with the Minuteman at the station. We, we did X, Y, Z. We went out to a couple houses, ran it through the yards. It looks real great. We've got you a video of it. What do you think? If you can bring that rationale to them is, is where I think you're going to start building out your change. Um, some people just might not know there's a better way to do it. You know, again, just, some people don't follow the, the trends and current practices and stuff like that. So they might not know there's a better way to do it. And, you know, if you can come at them with, again, with those facts, Hey, this is, this is the, a great way to do it. They might get on board with it. Um, and, and try getting involved with the training too. Um, if you can get involved with the training division and bring those ideas to, to new guys coming on the floor, you can start from the bottom and, and hopefully it'll work its way to the top. Yeah. Definitely 100% agree with you there. I can't, um, I can't, I'm trying to figure out the words I'm trying to use to make this sound correctly. I can't fathom how much whenever a department goes, hey, we're going to go to this or an individual brings up, hey, we want to go to this. And then you have to, you have to explain the why. And whenever they mention, well, such and such department's doing it. Okay, that's great. Are we that? Like there's things that I feel like we need to look at. So are we, for example, this department size? Are our areas the way this department is? Do we have the manpower like this department has? You know what I mean? So like, I don't mind if we take in different tactics, but we need to tweak it or make sure it's the right fit for our area, our Mm -hmm. trucks, our manpower, like just because something's new and it's the new fad doesn't mean that that fad is going to work for us. And like you said, the triple layer, yeah, there are departments that swear by it and it works great for them, but it doesn't mean if I go, Hey, uh, type a example, fire department, we're going to bring this triple load here, but we have fences, uh, obstructions, cars, and and twists and turns we got to go through. That's probably Mm -hmm. not going to work well for us. Exactly. Yep. Um, and it, like, like you said, with the manpower, like I'll, I'll talk to my dad all the time about, you know, we catch a fire, we do it, did something, whatever. And, uh, he'll joke around because he came from FDNY, you're riding five, six guys in the back of, of the rigs. Um, right. He's like, he said, he's like, you know, their, their first alarm showing up with three and two, they got half our shift on yeah. scene. Yeah. So he's like, we, we put out fires with, with, with bodies. We could, we could stop. We could stop the fire out. And we were talking one day about vertical ventilation. He's like, yeah, we don't, 
we don't we really vet Pete Bruce and FDNY because we got enough guys on scene. You could pull the entire ceiling down in the house faster than you can get up on the roof. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just that manpower thing. Yeah, like and, and you know, just different tactics for different regions of the country. Like, like you know, you're right. I have never really seen an FDNY, you know, fireman venting a hole in the roof. Yeah, they don't. They don't vent peak roofs. It's actually in their SOPs. The only, uh, the only peak roofs they'll ventilate is uh, Queen Anne's, and it has to be done off of either out of a bucket or off an aerial tip. They will not go actually boots on the roof. And you see, we have departments that they swear by vertical vent, and then right. you have you the, the biggest part. Right? Yeah, exactly. They're West Coast the whole roof off the house. East Coast is different, so we have to. And then I hate whenever, you know, we get into that debate or you get into the argument of, well, they're just doing it wrong. No, they're not doing it wrong. It's what they decided the best practice for their department. That's what they're right. doing. So like mm-hmm. the main, my my key point I'm trying to get people to understand here is you need to find what works best for your department. Don't just go off of a new trend or just because, hey, this department's doing it. They look cool. We want to do it too. No. Start doing things that benefit your area. Exactly. Yep. Is is it going to work? Is it going to work for you guys? That's that's the best way to the best way to to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in your opinion, what do you think? What's one thing do you think the American Fire Service can improve on? I I think we're we're starting to get into a good place uh, as the fire service as a whole. A lot of departments are upping their staffing. Um, like I said, I know at least in my department, we have seen staffing explode in the four years that I've been here. Um, I think, and it's, I think progress would probably be one of the bigger challenges for the fire service. Um, and what I mean by that is a lot of guys are comfortable with doing things the way they did 10 years ago, 15 years ago, because it worked back then. And that's fine with some things, you know, some things don't require much change. Um, but there's a lot, always, there's always things that I say always, there's a lot of things that can, can be done better than, than we're doing them. Um, different hoses, hose loads, tools, different trucks, uh, add-ons to trucks. Just because we've always done it that way doesn't mean it's the best or the most efficient. So I think, I think progress is, is a big one. And, um, fitness in the fire service. So uh, I know I was guilty of becoming lackadaisical. I was never like the fittest dude in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Even growing up, I was never. Um, I was in decent shape when I got out of recruit school. Then I let myself become a bag of ass, put on a good amount of weight, realized that I was a piece of shit um, and lost a a pretty good amount of weight. Not, Not only are you doing yourself a disservice by by being overweight and unhealthy you know you're you're taken away from the citizens right because if, if you're sucking down that bottle in four minutes you're not getting to that kid who's trapped in the back room right and then if you god forbid go down in a fire and you're 350 pounds 400 right. pounds without with without gear on right now you got your gear on now guys gotta come in and get you how, how many guys is it going to take to pull a 450 pound guy out of a house. Right. So now you're putting the guys you work with in a shit position. So 
that, that those would be the, the two main things lately that uh I've I've seen we could we could get some work on. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for being humble enough to admit that that you know you at at, at one point in your career you've realized like hey like I'm putting on some weight here I got to do something mm -hmm. about it. Um, kudos to you because you know we have people that are in this field that to them it's like well you know whatever I'm still gonna go sit on the couch and right. have a bag of chips and stuff. But and 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 the thing is like I'm not saying you can't enjoy like desserts or certain foods. But when you come on shift, you know, you have, whether you are 2448, 4896s, you have a buku amount of time to go walk on a treadmill or walk around the station, do something, do something to get that heart rate up, sweat a little bit. You know, I'm not like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have somebody who's really never been like a, a, a gym person and be like, Hey, all right, we're come work out with me. And then like secretly in my mind go, I'm going to crush you. A that's going to make the person not want to work out. You know what I mean? Like you got to crawl, walk, run, you know what I mean? Little baby steps. Yeah. You don't want the guy who hasn't worked out in 10 years, jumping right, right into a, 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 a smoke diver workout. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's going to yeah, look at you yeah. like, uh, I hate you. And you could potentially like injure that person, but it, it's just, it's one of the things that I never, I, I, I can never get, man. Like, I don't understand how people like do something, you know, just go out because the community expects that. Like you can't, you can't show up for work, get that fire call and be out of shape where it's like, all right, you stretch this line and now you're gas. And it's like, bro, we got to mask up and go put this fire out. You're right. Like, yeah. You, you stretch the line, you're taking a knee at the front door, taking, taking a blow and you haven't yeah. even been inside yet. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And it's like, come on, man. Like, so I, you know, I, I just want people out there to realize, and no, I'm no Mr. Olympia or whatnot, but I, I want to be able to do the job to the best of my ability. I don't want, you know, because I'm, sucking down my air pack so fast that I can't go in and do work like to be a, a hindrance because you're all, like you said, you're also hurting your crew, especially if you're overweight and God forbid something happens, because I can tell you if I was with a person who was definitely overweight and something happens and during the rescue, like I'm going to be cursing like a mother <laughs> at, like at you. Cause it's like, bro, <laughs> what you know what I mean? So it's exactly, just, exactly. It's um, just, uh, yeah, yeah. So, and you, like you said, man, just start small. Just start making those little changes here and there, and change up your diet, whether it's fasting or blow car, whatever you got to do to to drop a little weight. And then once you're comfortable with that, start working out. Um, I mean, my big kicker was, well, a, I looked like shit, and I I hated that. I was looking at pictures of myself, and I was like, oh god, my good lord. But uh, we had a one of the guys here was like, hey, man, we're going to run a Spartan race. You want to do it? Sure. I ended up doing three last year, and I got three more this year. So it's, uh, like I said, those little changes that lead to big changes. Yeah. Um, talk to me. What is uh, what, what does that entail? I always see the little flyers and ads and stuff. So it depends on which one you do. Um, they got some that are, they're, they're all different lengths. So you got a sprint, you got a super, you got the beast, and you got the ultra. So okay. you got a 5K, a 10K, 20K. And then the ultra, which I got one of the guys I ran with last year is actually running an ultra this year, which is a 50 K, uh, ends mm. up being a little over 30, a little over 30 miles. Okay. Um, but, uh, it's usually between 25, 30 obstacles throughout the, the race. 
Um, and then if you do the three lengths in one year, you get what's called a trifecta medal. So you get like a little piece of a medal every race you go to. And if you do all three of them, they, they kind of go together and make one big medal. So, okay. but, uh, it's cool, man. Cause I never thought I would ever in my life run a 20 K and, uh, I did it when I was 35 years old. So it's pretty, uh, I've never ran like that in my life. So it was pretty cool okay. getting that done. Okay. But, uh, yeah, all different obstacles, man. You got, uh, upper body obstacles, swimming underneath these mat things and climbing up over a frames, rope climbs, pretty cool stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. They're good times. Cool. And, and that's, you know, something that, like I said, you, you're like, I, I don't, I didn't, you didn't think you'd ever mm-hmm. do that in your life. And, and, you know, you, you did, and I'm sure you feel super proud for doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was definitely, uh, definitely something I never expected to do. And, uh, yeah, getting it done was, was pretty cool, man. Awesome. All right. Um, is there anything else you would like to, um, state for anybody listening? Like, is there any message you want, you want to give out? Yeah. So if you're, if, we kind of we kind of touched on it a little bit before, but if you're not getting what you want from your department, um, there's so many training opportunities going on these days outside of your department. Um, there, there's so many up and down the East Coast, all out in the Midwest. These little little I think you call them micro conferences, mm-hmm. um, whether it be like the Carolina Fire Days, the Ancient City Fire Expo down in Florida. Uh, the, I can't remember what the one's called over by Panama City Beach down in Florida, the North Florida Fire Expo. North Florida Fire Expo, yep. yep. Mafsi, Safer up in Raleigh. Safer is probably one of the best deals you can get. You pay $100, you get a day of hands-on, and you get two days of lecture. You can't beat that. Um, but yeah, and and you get these these instructors at these conferences are, are incredible. Um, I was lucky when I first, uh, not when I first, about a year into here, uh, we got a new uh training officer here he's since transitioned back to being a backstep fireman but uh this guy jason denitis he um runs a company called uh soda city training soda city training yeah 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 so he he was our training officer for a little bit uh like i said now he's transitioned back to the floor but he uh the first real uh outside class i took when i was here it was hosted by us but with outside instructors was uh we did a, a week-long truck company ops class um and jj is a magician when it comes to getting acquired structures i don't know how he does it i don't know what he does to do it but this man seems to pull acquired buildings out of his back pocket um so we were you know when i took that truck company ops class we were able to get hands-on forcing doors cutting roofs on a couple acquired buildings um and it was great. And through through JJ, I got to meet guys like uh, Julio Ramos um, mm-hmm. from, from Florida, Ryan Gates, who's uh, now an assistant chief over here in Casey, but he's uh, JJ's co-owner with for Soda City. Okay. Uh, guys like Stephen Eller, yep, Jonah yep. Smith, meeting all these guys who are just like super, super, super into the job. Um, it, it's a it's a real treat. It's a real experience being able to network with all these people. And uh, just by, again, going to these conferences and, and meeting with people and getting in with them. So it's uh, if you can get outside your department and, and take these classes again, you know, some are a little bit more expensive than others. But if you can invest in yourself and take these classes, I can't recommend anything more than that. They're great. 
No, you're absolutely. I mean, what better way to get better at the job than investing in yourself? Bet, put money on yourself. And if your department doesn't pay for it and you can afford it, just pay it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I tell people. I mean, do what you got to do to, because, you know, everybody's financial situation is different. But if, if you can afford to spend some money on yourself to, to make yourself better, why wouldn't you? You know, just, just because your department doesn't send you doesn't mean, you don't have to go. Mm-hmm. And and you're surround when you're at these conferences, you're, you're just surrounding yourself with people like you who want to, who, you know, there's a, one of the sticker companies makes a sticker up. It says, it's okay to love the job. Um, you're, you're surrounding yourself with guys who are, who are passionate, who just love to do fireman shit. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a better way to spend my, my free time than, than just doing fireman shit, man. It's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you, you, I'm sure your department or whoever's listening, the departments you work for puts training out. You have JPRs, you have quarterly training, monthly training, whatever. And that's mm-hmm. good. You should definitely put in the work to try to get good at that. But there's no better experience than going outside training where you can see something you've never seen you watch people do something different and be like, hold on, can you show me how to do that again? And they'll be like, yeah, man, just a little tip or trick that I did. And, you know, all of a sudden you're learning different ways to put in your toolbox for later on in life, you know, at whatever situation may be. Yeah. And, and, you know, on that too, social media, just all these, there's a million fireman groups on, on Facebook and, and Instagram where you could, if you have a question about pretty much anything in the Any, fire service. Right. You could ask these groups, and I can guarantee you, you might get 15 answers, but you're going to get an answer. Mm-hmm. So, if it mm-hmm. again, if it's something you know you're unsure about, or if it's something you know, let's say you want to make a change in your department, you want to switch to XYZ nozzles, you can get on some of these groups, be like, Hey, man, anybody ever used these nozzles before? You're going to get 50 guys that'd be like, Yep, we use them, we use them, we switch to them, this is why, and you're going to get a, a wealth of information when it comes to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Patrick, it's been uh, good, man. Uh, this was good talks. Um, yes, sir. Tru- Thank you for tru- having me. I truly appreciate you uh, accepting the invitation and coming on here and talking shop, man. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.